This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Hey everybody and welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday edition. I'm your host Nick Johnson. I'm joined by Dale Luganville. We got a shitload of stuff to get to today. We're sponsored by Boss Ammunition. Yay! I mean, yeah, they gave me some more ammo so they're sponsored again. Officially sponsored. I did talk to them. Is it official when they only pay me? Eh, Sure. That's fine. It's it's something. That's as as official as anybody Mm -hmm. ever has been. Yeah, I did talk to them at the game fair on my way out, and um, he's down to do a a podcast, so I need to to hit him up. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, We've got a lot of stuff to get to. Well, let's get to it. All right, let's get to it. Um, first of all, Game Fair Weekend 1. All right, that happened. Uh, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we sold a bunch of goose calls. We sold a bunch of goose calls. We had a bunch of fun. We've been off for two weeks from the podcast. So, uh, yeah, that happened. Then we went out to um, North Dakota. We had a little bit of a goose smash out there that Christian and Ethan Nathan invite us, invited us on. That was fun. It's uh, probably more dead geese in one hunt we killed 54 oh, it's more God. dead geese in one hunt in august than i think i've seen in all my years going to august uh august north dakota combined that's pretty awesome i mean you keep saying us i don't remember any i wasn't there <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> just dude, dude. i'm just clearing that up so when people are like dude i didn't know you went it'd be like because uh, i uh didn't so I think now would be a great time to touch on how you have success like I did shooting 54 geese with my group 
in August, North Dakota. Um, you don't. That's called uh, lightning hitting you. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, it's so crazy out there. Like, um, there was... It was a situation, you know how, like, when people go out there, they're like, oh, all our birds switched, feeds, right? That's yep. the story you always hear. Mm-hmm. We had 400 in the field, and we shot seven. That's a very, very common story. Mm-hmm. We had we had 90 birds in the field. I counted 90. I had binoculars on them for a while, just watching them and counting them. And I would say more like 250 showed up. So birds switched, like, from other people's fields into ours. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that never that happens. Not, that does not ever happen. And then, uh, like, literally two other days driving around um, scouting, we probably saw less than 250 geese that entire time. We might have seen less than 200 that entire time. And, man, have you seen any big piles um, coming out of North Dakota this August? Not really. No, me neither. They're 54. That was a big one. Yeah, that's uh... – But, I mean, in years previous, you'd see, like, you know – You'd see the one guys that won the lottery and got 120, or you'd see the one guys that won the lottery and got, you know, 80. You know, you'd see some of that. And how many guys were you hunting? We had uh, six. Six, okay. We had six total. God, what a bunch of losers. You didn't even limit. (laughs) Didn't even limit. But, man, uh, they started this whole August season to reduce their resident population of Canada geese in North Dakota. I think we can call mission accomplished on that, dude. Yeah. Like, there is not much. And I think the degradation permits also do a very big number on the geese out there. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome that there's no more geese for us to shoot. No, I think it's pretty awesome that you shot that many geese. Yeah, I do too. I hope I never get talked into going out there again. Because <laughs> well, you've set the bar too high for yourself? No, I don't know, man. It's It's just like... Uh, yeah well it's like well that happened now that lightning struck it's not going to strike twice you know (laughs) in the same spot like i don't think i'm going to be lucky enough to have that happen again like by going out there and plus the man like it seems to be getting worse and worse every year with the the canada goose population in that state it really does so meaning it's meaning it's working like they're reducing the population their local population man it sure seems like it i was even like you know, I came from Game Fair, and we're driving around out there, and, like, it got to be, like, 9.30 in the morning driving around the first morning scouting, and we'd seen one goose. Hmm. Like, one goose standing by itself in a wheat field, and I started Googling some numbers of, like, resident goose population in North Dakota, and I, was, I found some numbers, like, that were, like, 280,000 resident Canada geese in the state of North Dakota, compared with, like, 120,000 resident Canada geese in the state of Minnesota. It's like, uh, so there's like double out here, huh? Where the fuck are they? <laughs> well, it's a big state uh, with lots of long, not winding roads. So Yeah, um, and I don't know. It, it's, it doesn't seem like it, dude. That's all I'm saying. Like, hmm. um, it almost makes me wonder if they are doing counts when the molts are coming through in like late May, early June, because that's typically when they do... Uh, yeah. It's typically when they do uh, surveys, like, is May. Yeah, that could be. Oh, wouldn't that be true, too, for Minnesota yeah, as well, though? you would think, yeah. I don't know. When they do their spring pond counts, I mean. So, anyways, yeah, we got super lucky out there. We even got a band. Um, I got to keep that one, which I normally don't win draws, but that's cool. Jeez. And then uh, 
Came back for weekend two of Game Fair, made it just in time, and you were there. I was. <laughs> How was your first emceeing a competition calling? Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, it's kind of neat, you know, getting a little uh, window into the to how it operates um, versus just, like, you know, watching it, I guess. Um, yeah, thanks for coming to help out. Yeah, well, thanks for... Uh, considering me i was i was uh out west doing my fishing stuff and get a text from you like uh what are you doing tomorrow <laughs> i was like got nothing i said i can do that. Yeah, that so lining up like volunteers for that thing is is uh it's a huge ask you know like not now that i'm a vendor too at game fair i realize like oh so when you ask people to come judge and MC, they lose money <laughs> right <laughs> it's not just that they're volunteering their time to like come and judge a novice goose calling competition they are losing their own personal yeah, money yeah. by doing it cuz then they go and spend money at places and food and drinks and no i mean no like just like a guy pulling a guy like out of their booth at game fair you oh, know like oh i see what you mean yes you know, yes 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 if yes. you ask jeff foils to come over you know like jeff foils is for sure we're gonna have a couple people that are excited to see him and want to buy a call from jeff sure you know? yeah yeah and so where's jeff uh he's judging a goose gone contest when's right. he gonna be back i don't know <laughs> i have no idea right so these guys are like at, thank, i guess huge thank you to everybody who helped volunteer um at the contest it was just super awesome it makes the show so much fun uh and the contest too we had a great contest turnout we tried these new uh international callers association rules for our novice goose which it used to be you win a novice goose you're not in a novice goose calling contest anymore but now they like made this really overly complicated set of rules about it so you can keep blowing in a novice goose unless you've won five of them unless you've competed in an open goose that had like you were able to be placed in the top five or i don't fucking know if you win an open goose it also counts for two novice wins it's very complicated but um, we did get a lot more people like entering the novice goose because of those rules, because people who were otherwise disqualified no longer were. Mm. So we ended up having like 17 people in the novice goose calling contest. Yeah, there was a fair amount for there. I know like the duck calls, there wasn't as many because I was there when they're, you know, doing the duck competitions. But I think we did do novice goose. There was novice one. goose. Yeah, that was yeah. Sunday morning. Um, the duck calling contest too. We we added a we added a uh, we added one regional duck calling contest. The game the Bernie Boyle regional. So we had the Bernie Boyle regional and the Game Fair regional. So we had two qualifiers. Those would qualify the winner for the World Duck Calling Championship in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And that definitely was a draw to have an additional qualifier. You know, if somebody's going to get in their car and drive to go compete in a duck calling contest, trying to get their themselves to world duck calling championships, it's good to have two chances instead of one. I thought it was neat how many kids, like, were pretty young, were jumping into the competitive ring already. Yeah. That Saturday some morning, of them I was like, holy smokes. Some of them shred. Yeah. I think you saw like since you you emceed the youth stuff or no you were there for the youth one weren't you the youth goose yep yep there's some kid from Virginia I can't remember his name right now it's on the tip of my tongue but my goodness is that kid good he's like 15 years old yeah there's that was impressive but then there was the that really little kid I don't even know how old he was but it's like 
it's like, dude, the balls on that little kid to get up there and do that. Like, he did both duck and goose, I believe. Like, and he just, I don't know. Like, he was quite a bit younger than any other competitor. Like, he he didn't seem like he was scared, you know. He just got oh, up there. Oh, everybody's scared thing. up there. Well, I'm sure, but, I mean, he didn't, you know what I mean? It's not like kids that age, if you just try to get them to say, hey, anything, you know, like, uh, in front of a camera or in a microphone, they just clam up, you know, and right. Kid just got up there and did his deal. It's like, damn. Yeah. The calling competitions were a lot of fun. Mike Anderson qualified. He's a, he's from Mankato, Minnesota. He is a world champion duck caller and he's like taken the last seven or eight years off. I think, um, he was like coaching his kids, baseball, um, leagues, and he always told me, I'm going to get back into it when I'm done coaching. And, well, he must be done coaching because he came back out in the woodworks, dusted off the old MVP, and won the Game Fair Regional. Nice. Which was really great to see him. And uh, he told me, too, uh, he did the Bernie Boyle Regional first, and he didn't win. And uh, uh, he told me, he's like, man, I'm just, I was so nervous up there. I was like. I mean, everybody gets nervous. He's like, I wasn't nervous when I won the world championships. <laughs> I was like, uh, you are now? He's like, yeah, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. But then every time he got back on stage, he sounded better and better and better. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool to see Mike and uh, to listen to him uh, blow his duck call again. Good music. I'll tell you, like, um, being there, uh, one thing I picked up on is, like, how quickly – the way you hear it, like what they're doing, like kind of once you figure out like, okay, like for anybody that hasn't seen like a a duck calling competition, it's like, it's not so much like trying to sound like a duck as it is like, best way I can explain is like, what can I make this thing do? You know, like when they just get on that thing and it's, it's like you obviously would never do that in a marsh, but it's like, being able to hit it that loud, that sustained, and it doesn't squeak. And, and, like, towards the end of it, I started hearing, you know, I could hear when somebody messed up. Now, it helps because I'm watching them, and they know when they mess up, and I see it on their face. Yeah, <laughs> so they like, shake their head so, a little bit. So I'm like, oh, so they weren't supposed to, okay, so that's not good. Okay, so that's not good. You know, so after as it went along, I started kind of developing an ear for it if you will like okay i see what they're i see what they're trying to do and i can tell when they fail (laughs) right and sometimes i ask some people that are inexperienced judges i ask them to help me judge and they are they do not have as much confidence in themselves as i have in them you know like Mm -hmm. it's like you listen to the callers you give them a one through ten you give the best caller the highest score you can do this. <laughs> and so somebody, obviously, you have a lot of experience in judging in, in the duck calling competition. Like, what are the criteria that you're looking for? Because, you know, going, listening through some of the routines that I heard, you know, like, you get up there super loud. And then is it, like, a, the speed in which they can do, like, the, you know, the feeding chuckle? Or does, like, how soft they go or low they go? Yeah, like, the, all those I think things? so much. I think so much the tone can be your guide. Okay. You know, like just guys just sound good. You know, they they just sound good or they don't. They're, they don't sound as good. Some guys don't sound good, but that's pretty rare. Most mm-hmm. guys, most everybody, if you're standing on a calling stage, you sound good, which is 
some some guys just have a tone that you're just like, damn, I like the sound of that. Holy smokes. You know what was really difficult to judge was the two-man goose we did on Sunday. Holy shit. <laughs> that was tough. It's that I mean, imagine having two Mike Benjamin, Joe Heinz caliber yeah. callers on stage at the same time, blowing right into the judges' booth. That was tough. That's pretty cool. It was. It's cool to listen to. And I was watching like the way some um, competitors would do it. So there's a few of them that would get right up to that curtain and yes, start right there, and then they would kind of back away from it. And that's why I was like, well, it's like volume control kind of a thing. Because the only reason I could think that you would want to do that is that for the judges behind the, the curtain that obviously can't see what's going on or they're hearing the volume difference. Yeah. I definitely think that, um, some of the, some stages and like setups that you go to and travel to, you really want to like call at the judges when you can. Now the main street guys, like the guys doing the uh, qualifying world championship stuff, they have to blow towards the crowd and they basically have to keep their feet planted and blow in one direction, right? Hmm. Okay. So, but the meat duck callers and the goose callers can walk around and do whatever they want. And uh, that is a good thing and a bad thing. Like, sometimes there's, it's kind of tough to hear the callers as a judge. Like, maybe they have to set a little bit further away or something like that. But not at the game fair contest. They really didn't have to do that. <laughs> no, I mean literally, some of them got right up to that curtain. <laughs> right, and like you're literally like blowing a goose call right into my face, like behind a black curtain. Like there's like claw, like a, a window curtain, and then you blowing a goose call through it at me. Yeah, and then when so when I was given the like directions, like okay, here's how you you know here's how you MC or you know, run the timer and blah blah blah. Like they're gonna come up and they're not gonna say anything. And when you were telling me that first, I was like, I was thinking in my mind like, because they're nervous or something. And like, no, like they can't. Like you get disqualified if you say anything. And I, I didn't quite understand that at first, but quickly figured out like, oh, that's because a judge could probably recognize somebody, and then maybe you know if that's their buddy, they might score them better or something i assume that's the motivation behind it right that is okay so i thought that wasn't i thought that was a again an interesting fact i'd never really thought about before when it comes uh, for to the sure. so, anyways uh oh dude let's move on okay moving the next on subject we have to get to the breeding population the duck numbers came out yes population duck numbers that is 2022 there's, yep. That's big news. Huge. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I quickly looked through it. I didn't see anything too earth-shattering. Um, no, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it right now, just the whole 76 pages of it. <laughs> I looked at the quick little graphic. Yeah, the Ducks down. Unlimited yeah. little graphic. <laughs> yeah, that's what I looked at. Where it's just like population <laughs> up or down, you know, yep. like that. Yep. If you actually dig into this thing, it's pretty cool what they got going on in here. So I'm just kind of going through it and like looking at all the different stuff because I mean it's over such a huge area. I mean they don't they got everything in here like emperor yeast and brants and uh, swans. They got stuff you wouldn't think of. Hmm. But here's my take on it. I think we're gonna have a good fall flight. 
that's what I think, just going off of uh, um, the little graphic, the DU graphic. Like, duck numbers down. You know what, some, one thing I didn't... Okay, I heard, I was listening to the Ducks Unlimited podcast about it today, too, and the pintail numbers are way down. Way, way down. But they said they were up in Alaska. So they're down overall, but still up in Alaska. Hmm. And uh, it makes me wonder, because I was hearing everybody around Minnesota, even people like further east of us that normally never see pintails, they were shooting pintails. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Because I, I thought, boy, it sure was a dry 2021, but at least those pintails did good. Well, apparently not. But maybe the pintails that migrate through our area did pretty well. But overall, perhaps they did not. Yeah, I think you see that regionally. You're going to definitely have those ups and downs. I mean, just going off of how... Like, we got a bunch of mallards here, and I think we've touched on this before, but, like, in the East Coast, you know, they're reduced their mallard limit down to, like, two or one or whatever it is. It's like, that's just seems crazy to me. It's that, right. It just, because, for one, it just seems like the mallard duck can just thrive anywhere. So it's like, what, what's happening over there that they that they that their numbers are so shitty? Right. It's not It's not like mallards don't adapt to urban settings, you know, like, they they nest in people's flower boxes all the time. <laughs> like I don't right. I don't quite understand what the driving factor is on the East Coast that's crushing their population. And their geese too. Or oh, the geese numbers are down. I guess I didn't really. Well, they've got that. like that one bird like thirty day season. North Atlantic hmm. can- population Canada goose principally nests in Newfoundland and Labrador. They co-mingle during winter with other Atlantic flyway Canada goose populations, although the NAP Canada goose have a more coastal distribution, blah, 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 blah. Let me see. The new composite time series is updated annually. Estimates presented, blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? Hmm. I'm trying to splice out these numbers as we're talking. <laughs> we really we really uh prepare for prepare for this. Yeah, we're super unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a national broadcast, you know, we really make sure we take everything. Okay, but if you want to find this, honestly, I I do think if you're bored, it's really worth a look uh just to just to scroll through it. Go to I posted a link on my um Snapchat if you want to find it, it's um, Google Waterfowl Population Status 2022 USF, uh, US Fish and Wildlife Service. And then there's a uh, PDF, Waterfowl Population Status Report 2022. It's an attachment. You click on it. And there's all sorts of nifty stuff in here, like hmm. from where they are actually doing the surveys to all these charts I don't understand. To a whole bunch of numbers that kind of don't mean anything to me either. There's a bunch of ni- there's a bunch of cool illustrations, which I'm very Ooh. very into the pictures. Ooh, pictures. I'm, ve- I'm very into the pictures. So they not they just they've got cool pictures that are um, like even like the extent of snow and ice cover in North America on two June 2021 and two June 2022 from the National Ice Center. That's kind of cool. I mean, there's tons of interesting stuff in here. They've got all the different populations of Canada geese 
and what their flyways are like on a map of North America, like all the different swans, all the different everything. The numbers in here are just awesome. Hmm. What's how the um, how's the snow goose hatch? Is that in there? It should be. I thought you were let's uh, at... let's parse it out. Yeah, hold on. Because we had a pretty good. There was, I felt like a lot of juvies last year. Well, we had a great, a great fall hunt when we were in North Dakota last year. Okay, so I got this message from a guy named Preston. He said, hey, can I make a request for a full-scale outdoors podcast episode? I said, what's up? We are recording right now. <laughs> I've just been playing on my phone, like, you know, completely disinterested in actually doing this. Right. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, so I don't know what this is going to say, but let's read it together, all right? Oh, it'll be fun. All right. Okay. You might think it's a stupid question, but I hunt near the Platte River and a larger lake in south central Nebraska, Kearney area. That's where I hunt too all the time, by the way. Mm. Um, it seems like we get a lot of birds and then they get stale and they get stale fast. It seems they play follow the leader and feed in the same field every day, other than trying to get under them and run traffic. Is there any tricks to hunting stale bird if there is such a thing? Also, at my pit, we pick up decoys every day have 400 yards by 40 yards of open water all winter and grass on both sides of the water. Damn. What do you think, Dale? I I feel like that would be a chunk of water they would want to use. So I, I mean, suppose if they're hunting it, they're going to get shot off of it. Um, man, I mean, why not leave the decoys out there? Yeah, I mean, I don't... If it's private, I don't really see the the point of picking them up every day. Here's my trick to hunting stale birds: corn and lots and lots and lots of corn. <laughs> I'm absolutely just <laughs> yeah. He's I'm kidding. kidding. He, he actually uses barley. Um... <laughs> uh, hunt near the Platte River? No, I I think that's a good question, right? Yeah, it's a great like when question. You're sitting out there and get you're getting like frustrated. Like, what the hell can we do to try to change our our our? Um, I mean, the, our, with what he laid horses. out there, like without getting under them, like I don't know what else to. Uh, what am I trying? I mean, to say? are they like, going to? Here's another thing. Like, are they going to to water? Like, he he stated it as if the the water is some sort of an attractant to them when they're coming off of water. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're probably going to want to hunt a food source, right? Um, grass is a great food source, but they might be more going out to uh, like a grain diet, maybe blowing past because it looks more like a day loaf. Right. Does it look like a day loaf or does it look like a, a grain feed? You know, and you're probably going to have days where it's warmer, like warmer morning. Like if you get a warm morning with the right weather conditions, they will go out and seek grass. And if they're stale, um, like I, I'm going to assume that he can't get on the X per se. You know, right? Pro- yeah, I'm assuming that. So nobody must be able to otherwise you know they it's sounds like it's turning into a, a refuge type of situation um i i guess you, you have to get if you can't get under them i feel like you got to get as close to under them as you can to steer them away and if you're hunting that that same field day in and day right, out and it sounds like 
yeah, it sounds like he's got a pit that that's the spot they hunt. And yeah, the birds get stale, and it's like, what the hell are we gonna do about I, that? I don't really I, have I any. I got nothing. Ex- yeah, I got nothing except for get the best callers you can possibly get and just scream oh, I thought at you were gonna them. Say, Corn. We already covered that one, but I mean, try to get their attention by having the best calls you, you know, callers you possibly can, and and just scream at them. Goose calling for sure. Goose calling, I think, would have to be the number one. Like, it's just what can snap that switch in their head. Like, oh Mm -hmm. my god, that's real. You know, like they see. That's the one thing about good goose calling is a goose doesn't not believe it ever. Like, as soon as they hear a good goose call, they're like, well, that's a real goose. And they just have difficulty disbelieving that what they just heard was real. Mm -hmm. So, also, on uh, Thursday, I've got a, uh, I'm doing a webinar for the Goose Tech app. Anybody who's got the Goose Tech app is invited to join it. I've been writing down a bunch of questions. Send me questions for the Goose Tech app if you're listening to this on Wednesday and you are going to tune in on Thursday. Stuff you want me to talk about just like this. I want to go through some more stuff and talk about different hunting situations, calling situations, just like this. Yeah, well, that would be a good one. I mean, like, what would be your, you're just going to hit them with, what would be the call you hit them with? Just uh, something pretty simple, right? Just to get their attention, something loud, something clean. Dude, everything I do is so simple. <laughs> I really do. Uh, I don't do much anything but like cluck anymore. Hmm. <laughs> I just work. I honestly, I've been really just working on getting the most realistic cluck I possibly can. And so you just hit them with that tone, that right tone. And it's just, their head snaps, they look at it, and they're like, what the fuck was that? Like, I know that it was not a real goose that just came. Well, it must be. must be a real goose. I just heard a real goose. You know, like, they just can't not believe that what they heard, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. real. They're going to they're going to respond to it. Even if it's not the right sequence, like, if, you ju- if it just sounds real. Like, um, that's one thing I've been really going with a lot while hunting. It's just realism to, to the call. Realism, like mm-hmm. as real as I, as real as I can possibly get it, and relying on the realism for them to go like, "What the hell? It, that has to be real. That has to be my homies." My homies, yeah, makes sense to me. I mean, I think that's the whole point of a goose call, isn't it? Right? I mean, it's not like a goose call. One would yeah. think. So. Well, anyways, dude. I don't, know that um, we answer, I don't know that we answered his question very well. Uh, we, I think we kind of said, mm, "Good luck." <laughs> yeah, good luck. Best of luck to you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a t- that's like the toughest situation you could really kind of come up with. I mean, if they don't want to go in, th- in that direction, not flying your direction, how do you how do you change their mind? I don't. That's a tough one. All right, and. Uh, well, anyways, we were, we were talking about the, the bird population survey, weren't we? We were. Snow geese. Snow geese? Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I don't know. Look it up yourself, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we're prepared. Uh, you told me you read all 26 pages. I thought you were expert in this. All 76 pages? Mm-hmm. Did I say how to find it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you Y'all did. Y'all should look at this. Y'all should look at it. It was actually really cool. So, like, uh, I mean, they go state by state. Mallards, total ducks, 
Um, Minnesota. Oh, shit, I just zoomed out and freaking I lost it. Anyways, there's numbers in here that are really, really, really cool and interesting to look at and pictures. Cool. Definitely <laughs> check it out. I, mean, I can always post My a favorites. link in the show notes here, too. I don't know yeah, how many people actually go to the show notes, but. Here, I'm sending it to you right now. Right. But let's close it out, dude. All right, man. What do we got? Uh, so pretty much coming up next, we got one more weekend of not hunting in Minnesota, and then it's hunting. Dude, I'm going to um, I'm going to Saskatchewan on Saturday. Nice. Oh, you've been crushing the pitch still. I saw that. I did 110 today. That's great. That's and some uh, jewelry, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, got a band. Uh, I did not shoot that band. That one was given away. Cool. I still have yet to see a pigeon band. Of course, I don't pigeon hunt that much, but that would probably help. Are you building your house right now? Motherfucker, dude! Like that. <laughs> this whole time, you know how, dude? You know how I hate it when like somebody is chewing gum on a podcast, or like we have to use the actual phone audio. Like yeah. how crazy that drives me. Like, yes, I want the podcast to sound good. Like. Dude, somebody is behind my house right now building the coolest fucking treehouse in their backyard <laughs> and ruining our podcast. I was like, what? Dude, I am sorry. I am so, dude, I, dude, I am so distracted doing this podcast. I'm, I'm like, please do not be able to hear that motherfucker <laughs> building that sweet, awesome, yeah, and you, super cool treehouse, dude. And probably learn... I want to smoke weed in that treehouse so bad. And pro- <laughs> <laughs> and then learn and then learn the train schedule because there was a train in there too earlier i know dude like i'm just like <laughs> what a horrible time to get this podcast done uh i can't all be why uh, he's happening so fast award winner uh because he wants to get it done i guess <laughs> it's like eight <laughs> o'clock at night probably time to put the hammer away bro <laughs> you would think you would think god <laughs> Son of God, now I know it's in no matter what audio we use, it's in there. I apologize to the uh, Waterfall Wednesday listeners that have come to expect high-quality audio. The top, the, just the toppest, of, the top-tier audio. And it's just distracting me, too. Like, I'm just like, oh, let's talk about the fucking bird populations and clunk, 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 clunk. I'm like, I'm going to kill this son of a bitch. Like, it's ruining my tell, podcast. I can tell and it as, was bugging you. As, like, just... as... It's bugging me. It's distracting me. And then I'm ruining my own podcast. <laughs> uh, Son of a bitch. Like, dude, if you want to throw this thing away, I'll fucking throw it away. No, We'll redo no, it tomorrow no, no, morning no, no. when I'm having a cup of coffee. And I'll go I'll go to the local park or something. I mean, if you, where... actually, we could do that if we have time. Actually, you know what? Let's do that. Because then I'll, I'm going to actually read this damn report. And then uh, we actually will be prepared. Dude, call me tomorrow at like Let's 7 do. o'clock. What time can okay. we do it? Do we we do can it do it at 7. Yep, that's fine. All right, and then if you're hearing this one, that means that we didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just release oh, both God. of them? There's so, it, there's, like, <laughs> Let's release both of them. Take one, take two. Let's do it. There's definitely a part of me that wants to just run it because this kind of Dude, candid, actual real shit I've, amuses the hell out of me. No, oh, geez, run this. Run this for sure, and then let's try to make another one tomorrow. Oh, my God, let's do that's two so this funny. Week. That would be fun. Let's not throw it away. Let's not throw okay. it away just because this guy has the coolest treehouse that ever. <laughs> and that just distracted me. We're going to do, gonna do, do two back I got back. up at 5 o'clock. I got up at 5 o'clock this morning. I've been pigeon hunting all day. I'm a little sunburned. I'm a little cranky. All right, we should do, we're doing two back-to-back. 
I'm sorry, listeners of Waterfall Wednesday. You're getting another product after this. We're not throwing this one out. You're getting this one, then you're getting another one, maybe. Maybe. Also, we'll now see. we're gonna now we're gonna look like dicks if we don't do a second one. Yeah, now we're kinda making it like we have to. Oh, that's fine. Alright, well we should do a second one even if it's for ten minutes. Okay, agreed. Alright, uh, what time you wake up? Uh I can wake up whenever. Seven's fine. We wanna do it. I wake up at three forty five AM. Jesus. It's 3.45 a.m. No, you don't. I go to the gym. You know, I get up. I, I go to the gym. I get my chores done. I make my bed, you know? And milk the cow. You are in Wisconsin now. I'm you just gotta, kidding. You got to milk Bessie and throw... I know David Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> Stay get hard. Up, get motivated. Get motivated. Stay hard. Oh, Stay home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Later.